The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome to the show, everyone, and this is a great show today. As you know, I have been talking about ADA 25, ADA Legacy Project on every single show, and I will continue doing that until July of next year because it is so important for all of us to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And today, we have a great national disability advocacy leader. Um, I mean, this man, let me tell you what. He's been talking and emailing me about ADA 25 for years. I mean, I can't believe how... He's been on this so passionate, it is amazing what one person can do. And today, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about this upcoming celebration. It is so wonderful for me to have on the show today, Mark Johnson. Mark, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks for having me. Look forward to it. Okay, before I ask Mark his first question, special shout-out to Yoshiko, Yoshiko, thinking about you, and I know you're listening to this show. Uh, Mark, for our listeners that aren't familiar with you, um, how about if you explain to them why you decided to become an advocate in the disability community, because there are many people with disabilities, but not everyone decides that they're going to be an advocate, especially like you. Well, it, it, I was a sophomore in college, and this is like 43 years ago, or actually 44 years ago. And um, I, you know, sustained a spinal cord injury as a result of a, a diving accident. And so, you know, uh, I spent some time kind of reorganizing my life and and finding my new normal. And, you know, part of that process was I began to realize that people were treating me differently. And some of the ways they were treating me were ways I didn't like. And so, you know, I... I did my research and reached out to to the folks that um had been advocating and groups that uh, were doing advocacy and began to learn what they had been doing and decided just to be part of that meaning it became personal and and I realized that there were a lot of well-intended people out there but things weren't going to get uh solved until more people got involved and so you know I I got I got involved well, and as I said, one may, person can make such a difference. But, you know, there's something Mark just said that I want all of you great listeners, and you are tremendous following, but I want all of you, especially people with disabilities listening to this show, something that Mark just said. I saw something wrong. I didn't like how I was be treated, so, you know, I did something about it. I got involved. 
You can't sit back and say, I don't like something, or why don't they do this, and I, you've got to be involved. We, people with disabilities, we need a paradigm shift. We can't wait for other people to take care of us. We have to. Don't stand on the sidelines. You've got to get involved. You've got to do what Mark just said. Well, what and I Mark, begin to realize, too, yeah, well, begin to realize that, you know, we are the experts. And once again, a lot of well-intended people well, some well-intended people haven't done good things over the years, but you know, well-intended people try to do things, but it, it, sometimes if it's not personal to them, um, they don't know what it's exactly like. And so I, I really think it was a matter of me just deciding that, you know, I had I was the expert. I'm the one that, you know, has somebody help me get out of bed in the morning. I'm the one that, you know, you know, um, you know, has to try to remove barriers and find access and participate. So, you know, it, it's a matter of just feeling confident enough in saying we are the experts. Right. And, and you know, that reminds me of something going on right now in the United States between the disability community and the business community, and that is that UCP did this study and asked people with disabilities, what do they prefer to be called? And, of course, the answer was people with disabilities. But businesses decided, no, they need to be called specially challenged or people with ability or disability, diswritten small. Um, and, you know, I told someone at a meeting, I said, you know, that's you, non-disabled, deciding what we should be called. And guess what? People with disabilities don't like that. But that goes back to who's the expert, as Mark was saying. So I agree with you. And, Mark, right now there is still... A lot of issues going on in the disability community um, and issues that we all need to be fighting for. In your opinion, what are some of those issues? Well, I know you, you've been talking about it some, but, you know, obviously, you know, right now, you know, the disability treaty, um, you know, I think in the next, you know, several years, um, we still need to you know, remove the institutional bias in the long-term care system, something that I know my um, colleagues at ADAP have been um, fighting for for years. And then, obviously, something I know that you're very passionate about and involved in, that's, that's disability employment. So I, I think, you know, we have this, this window of opportunity right now with disability treaty, and we, we have um, an opportunity um, actually, through some of the things that Senator Harkin has been doing to to remove the institutional bias, and then we have uh, collectively this opportunity to to change the the current employment status of of actually most people with disabilities. Right, and I've told you all before, CRPD. You've got don't give up. I know we've run into some recent problems, but hey. You don't give up. You don't give up no matter what. You keep in sending stuff to your senator. Don't stop. Don't give up. You've got to just keep doing it. So you know what I think is also one of the issues, Mark, that leads me to our topic about ADA legacy? I think we all need to figure out how to work better together. I think that we are underestimating our power. Because instead of being in silos and wondering about who's going to get this money and who's going to get that funding, imagine what we could do if we were one voice. Yeah, I think you, you, you yes, it's, it's, 
you know, we probably, and, and I'm just talking about my own personal experience and my own personal perception, but we came together in, in the late 80s, you know, to get ADA passed. And it was the first time I'd witnessed or experienced that. And, and we haven't done much of that since. And, and I think on top of that, um, you know, we always talk about power in numbers. We always talk about 50-plus million Americans with disabilities. We always talk about individuals with disabilities having family members. So we're talking about this huge amount of people that we've yet been able to really organize and get on the same page and move forward. And, you know, we've got Senate races coming up this, you know, November. We've got a presidential race coming up in 2016. And so we've yet really to come together and, and deliver on on really our own rhetoric, you know. And so, and I think part of it is because we, we, we don't, in some ways, the silos you mentioned, I mean, I, I understand the need for people to focus, um, but at the same time, when we have things like the disability treater or the institutional bias or disability employment, you know, these are things that are nonpartisan and things that we should be able to work together on and truly show our numbers. You know what? One thing, and I maybe I should go back to this years ago, I said we should get all the disability leaders and all the executive directors of groups like, you know, the Epilepsy Foundation and Juvenile Diabetes and UCP, um, you know, the blind groups, whatever. We should get all of the heads in one room and say, look, we realize, every, as you just said, everyone has to focus on their area, but why the heck would you all not realize that if we work together, oh, my God, we would be, like, number one in these presidential campaigns. We would have people trying to win us over. We would have, what are your issues I should work on? Yeah, and I think there are things that you're doing to help make that possible, and I know there are other conversations occurring that's going to make that possible. I mean, most some of your listeners I know are aware of the, the 6 by 15 um, campaign, you know, where a number of groups came together and said, what are some things that if we work together we could accomplish by the end of 2015? And those are cross-disability issues. You know, once again, employment being one of them. You know, transition from, you know, high school and beyond being one of them. I mean, you know, community living being one of them. So there's some very Sheltered good workshop. issues. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot. Well, you know what, Mark? No pressure, but... <laughs> No pressure. No pressure. But, you know, this ADA 25 you're going to talk about, we can't stop there. We can't have this one-time event and stop there. We've got to work to harness those people because the next big thing is the presidential campaign. And we've got to get people mobilized. You know, we've got to figure out how to work together. That's one of the reasons, in addition, of course, that why wouldn't we be celebrating this great Civil Rights Act, but I think we also need to think about that. I don't think it needs to be an end. You know, one time we're done. I think we need, after that, to go to another step, but let's start with the first step. Um, Mark, everyone's been calling me about you being on the show today. Everyone is so excited to hear you speak about the ADA Legacy Project. So let's start with how the heck did this start? Well, um, just to elaborate on something you said, I mean, you know, we're the people who 
came together, um, gosh, two years ago to um, have a conversation that led to a concept that led to this project. We're careful to put the word legacy in it, um, meaning it doesn't stop. You know, I mean, that's obviously what a legacy is. It's something that, you know, is continuous. So I think, you know, two years ago here in Atlanta, you know, Shepherd Center where I work, hosted, once again, a conversation, some about, uh, you know, how do we preserve our history? And part of the reason we were focused a lot on preservation of our history is, you know, you can't tell people about the movement if you don't take time to preserve the stories. And quickly we got into this conversation about not just preserving, but also using the anniversary as an opportunity to celebrate and using the anniversary as an opportunity to educate. And not just educate the, the masses, but educate our own community about what are some of the things that you know we've been able to accomplish, what are some of the things that still need to be done. And that's, once again, how people have come together and formed different call to actions, both the, the National Disability Leadership Alliance, you know, created a call to action last July, you know, the 6 by 15, um, you know, uh, coalition has come together and created some assets. So we're beginning to, to develop not just, you know, an appreciation for what we've been able to accomplish, but what still needs to be done. And so the whole conversation started two years ago. The project started last year, and the Legacy Tour kicked off this July. So things are moving forward. Uh, more and more people are getting involved, and people like you are, are promoting it and getting even more people involved. Well, you know, I love that legacy part. I love that because uh, what, what you just said, you know, what gets me so upset, I tell people all the time, and I wrote an article about this that you're going to be seeing, Mark, because actually I mentioned you in it, but one thing is go to any college student and ask them who is Justin Dart, who is Ed Roberts, who is Judy Human, and they're just going to look at you. Then, I'm sorry to say this, but ask them when was the Americans with Disabilities Act signed, and by the way, who was the president? And I actually had this in my office. We have all these college interns in the summer. And we have people with disabilities and people without disabilities. You know, 90% of my staff are all people with disabilities. But during the summer, sometimes the CEO will say, hey, my child needs to learn about this. So I have them in there. I start asking them all these questions. They have no idea. Zero. And we have to get to the place where, just like other civil rights movements, that we, too, have a history, you know, in schools. And we can't start that if we don't preserve the history. And well, that's why I think it's so important. Well, I had a colleague of mine, and a colleague you know, Bill Henning in Boston. And, and Bill's um, daughter brought home her history book um, uh, this time, right, and showed it to him, and, and there was a, um, a small reference, you know, to, to ADA. There was a picture of Michael Winter, who I know you knew, um, you know, and there was a, you know, just a brief history about um, the disability rights movement. Now, you know, let's flash back. Only a couple of years ago, that reference in the history book didn't even exist. And why is it important that it exists? Because then people can learn about the movement. They learn about the leaders. They learn about, you know, what it took. 
and and to be honest, they also learn about what still needs to be done. I mean, you know some of the documents that Justin, you know, left with us. Um, you know some of the things that Ed Roberts believed in. You know, there there are there are agendas that still aren't completed, and and I think you know if 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 we want this if we want the ADA legacy project to turn into the ADA legacy, you know, July 27th next year, then we collectively have to make that happen because it's not going to be Mark down here in Atlanta that makes it happen. You know, clearly, you know, I've convened some people and clearly I've encouraged some folks to get involved and clearly we're moving forward, but our community has to make a decision. We're at a crossroads and do we want to move forward together, you know, um, post the anniversary or don't we? Right. No, I agree with you, and I think we have to make that clear. I really do. Um, and I know we've already talked about this, but I think that you would agree with me that all the disability groups need to work together on this. Right. And, I, and we can be honest. We can sit down and have candid conversations about what each of our individual and, and group needs are because uh, we're mature enough now. And, and it's just a thing that movements go through. You know, they, you know, and and they, you know, once again, strength is in numbers. Uh, when you work together, we can get more accomplished. Um, and so, not only can we bring, you know, this anniversary to uh, in front of the public over the next year, but we can begin to bring it to the the thought leaders and to the elected officials and really make a difference. Right. Well, everyone, here, let's get right to it. Next year, uh, July. 26th is the 25th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And the ADA legacy is working on this project so we can have a huge celebration. So before we even talk about the T-shirts for someone listening saying, what, what the heck is that? Why don't you talk a little bit about this, Mark? Well, you know, once again, the, the, the con conversation turned a concept that turned into a project and we began to reach out to certain partners i mean for example your own you and your show are a partner i mean you're bringing attention to the importance of this anniversary and the opportunities that this uh, anniversary present you know at every show you know we we're now having conversations with with both the kennedy center and the smithsonian you know the kennedy center is looking at doing events all next July, the the Smithsonian is looking at doing events all next July to not just bring attention to obviously the past, but the present and the future. You know, we've reached out to the National ADA Symposium. It's the largest gathering of ADA experts in the country every year. Uh, they're going to be meeting in Atlanta next year. You know, we've reached out to the Society on Disability Studies. You know, folks. Uh, a lot of your listeners may be aware of, obviously, women's studies, you know, African-American studies. Well, more and more colleges and universities are establishing display study programs, you know, where college-age students, once again, can understand what it was like, what it is, and what it needs to be. And and so we've reached out to them, and their annual meeting is going to be in Atlanta next year. So the the the, the approach that the project has taken is, you know, our community is rich with a lot of people that have a lot of expertise. And our approach has been to kind of bring them together, you know, connect with each other, talk to each other, and plan, once again, an entire year of of, of events. I mean, I was just on the phone earlier today um, 
talking with the ADA bus team that's on the road with the tour. You know, last week they were in Millersville, PA at Millersville University, and they're on their way now to Albuquerque. Uh, there's a Southwest Conference on Disability in Albuquerque in October. There's a April, which is um, the Rural Independent Living Centers Conference in Albuquerque. And the tour will be making stops at both those events, you know, to once again just kind of connect it all. Um, you know, use social media to, you know, have us all begin to talk and, and, and uh, to engage. So there's a whole lot of partners and a whole lot of events and and the best place to go to that is for you know adalegacy.com. And, now what what though is the main event? The main event, well, I think when you say main event, it's I don't want to place any particular value on you know any particular event, but obviously, you know, during the month of July next year, there'll be ADA 25 events in communities all over the country, and there'll be um at least 4 days of events in Washington DC. Uh, there'll be everything from uh, what I referred to earlier, the Kennedy Center doing something on the 26th, uh, to there's a group actually having a conversation this Friday morning about the ADA 25 celebration on the 27th. Um, there's actually a march and rally being planned on the 28th, those events in D.C. So it does culminate, this whole year culminates in, in D.C. with with events at the Kennedy Center with with a um, ADA celebration um, done by our community together, and and the march and rally and the hill visits, you know, because once again we're going to say, hey, you can celebrate with us, but we also have some expectations that we need to finish the work, and so well, that's well, kind how, of how, it how about the event on the twenty seventh? What what will that be? Well, you know, there's a lot of conversations about what the program ought to be. There's everything from it's time for some of us old guard, you know, to turn over, um, you know, the, the, the future to the ADA generation and let them lead on and let us support them. Um, there's obviously the opportunity to thank folks, you know, like the Senator Harkins and the Tony Quellos and, and, the, and, the, and the other activists in our community, the world. So I think the program could be, end up being a mixture of thank yous to a mixture of, um, we're here to support this next generation, leading us in, in finishing the work. So, and the, where will this event be? Do you know that? Well, there are conversations about, you know, um, whether it's the Grand Hyatt or whether it's the new Marriott. Um, there are things that are being explored now, um, and, and hopefully Friday's, you know, conversation. I know one that you're part of. Uh, not much more than a week later will lead to some final decisions over the couple weeks about where it's going to be, what it's going to take, and what each of us brings to the table to make it happen. And in your opinion, how many, this is sort of going to be like, remember Dredif used to have those events where all the disability people would get together. Um, it, it sort of reminds me of that, but how many people are you expecting or hope to hope will attend? Well, the, I know the capacity of the venues themselves, you know, um, you know, the Grand Hyatt is more like, you know, 1,200 or so. The, the new Marriott is more like 2,500 or so. Obviously, as many people that want to participate in the march and rally uh, will be encouraged to do so. so. So you are talking several thousands, and you are talking about connections. I mean, for example, 
like the event that the Kennedy Center is doing on the 26th at Millennium Stage. You know, that's close to 2,500 to 3,000 people. But the exciting thing about it is they're talking about beaming it out to the rest of the world. So you could be sitting in your living room or you could be having a house party or you could meet at your local, you know, um, community center and you could be, you know, experiencing what the people in D.C. are experiencing. You could be having conversations and 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 planning. So I think there's a lot that there's a lot of conversation. There's a lot of work that would need to be done. And I think the next two weeks are real critical to our movement. But I would say, as you said, all of those events are, or everyone, they're all important. But the only reason I'm focusing on the July 27th event in the evening is because I also want companies to support this. Exactly. You know, I want businesses to, and any business listening, just so you know, in addition to small companies such as mine being a sponsor, we are talking to multi-billion dollar companies about being sponsors. I mean, this is going to be a really big thing. This is going to be a diamond. This is going to be great. And just as Mark said, you know, we may be thanking people, and I hope that includes the President of the United States. But I, I want people to mark that whole time on their calendar. Is the March the same day, the 27th? Is it the same day? Actually, the March and rally are the 28th. The, mar- the next day. The, the next March day. and rally are the 28th. Okay, there we go. So we'll, we'll be getting all this out. And actually, I've been talking to Mark's staff or people he's working with, and I'm going to get on my website, you know, like the countdown and where we are. You know what's going on, where we are. Right, and now, a couple, right, a couple sorry, people actually. The the um, you know uh, Jeff Rosen um, and and uh, Rebecca Coakley, you know, with the National Council on Disability, meaning the chair and the director, are also working um, on a, a you know a calendar of events, and a lot of their focus is on things that are going on in D.C. because you know the different secretaries and the different departments are looking at ways that they can embrace this anniversary as well. Uh, But you hit on something, you know, as far as corporate sponsorship. You know, so far, you know, the project has been driven by, you know, people like yourself and myself and, you know, other folks that have made everything from $25 donations to to purchases of T-shirts. Some organizations like the Kessler Foundation and the Mitsubishi Foundation, um, you know, the Mayor Group Foundation have all provided some funding to seed this and to get it going. Um, the first corporate sponsor is Siemens. Um, and Siemens has decided to do three things. One is not only provide some cash to support the operations and the tour, but they've also uh, decided that they want to do a hiring initiative next year. They've also decided that they want to engage not just their employees with disabilities, but their employees in general in different tour stops and in different events. So over the next year, we'll be working with Siemens, um, their HR people, their diversity people, their uh, associate resource people on engaging their employees in things that are going on in their communities. Um, and so Siemens was the first um, major um, you know, private sector company to step up and say, you know, this is something we want to support. And now that challenge is out there for other companies to do the same thing. Yes, and we will acknowledge you. 
you know, whatever it is you support. But many people have been calling me about this event on the 27th, and I assure you, you will be acknowledged. And just as Mark said, it it just carries over. It's just a wonderful thing. So, Mark, uh, two things. First, for people listening, what is the bus tour? What is that? Well, some people, uh, some of your listeners may have remembered um, back in 2006 and 2007 um, when our community was working hard to get the ADA Amendments Act passed. Um, Jim Ward and, and his family and Tom Olin um, decided to, to um, actually, Jim got an RV for his family, and then they got another RV, and they wrapped it with pictures related to um, the ADA. And they went around the country for an entire year um, promoting the ADA and encouraging people to support the ADA Amendments Act. Well, ultimately, the act passed, um, you know, due to the hard work of a whole lot of people and a whole lot of groups. And then the vehicle uh, was put in storage. Um, and so about a year ago, um, the vehicle was identified again. You know, we put some uh, work into it. The, the Disability Rights Center out in Oregon actually purchased it. Uh, the project um, has provided some money to, to do some refurbishing of it, including putting new tires on it. Um, and, the, and the project continues to provide some money for it to travel around the country. And so it's really one-year tour, 25,000-plus miles, 50-plus cities, um, and they're on, they've already done four stops so far. And, and on the vehicle, Tom is literally living on the vehicle again, meaning some of you know Tom Olin. He's been taking photographs of the movement for over 40 years. In fact, his collection uh, has been being preserved at Marquette University and is getting ready to be moved to Toledo, um, um, uh, the University of Toledo in Ohio. And the Disability Student Service Program, or excuse me, the Disability Studies Program there will be working on, you know, um, making more of his work accessible to our community. Um, but Tom's living on the vehicle. Um, he's got assistance right now with two other people who are on the vehicle with him as they make their way from Pennsylvania to, to stop five in Albuquerque. So the vehicle, once again, one year, 25,000 plus miles, 50 plus cities. Um, they've got some information on it. They've got some photos on it. They've got some pop-up panels about the movement on it. They got a lot of handouts about the movement on it. Um, and, and they, one, or they're just kind of, there's a lot of different kinds of stops. For example, July 20th of next year, when it stops in Toledo, it will be part of Zoo Day in Toledo. 10,000 people show up at that event. Wow. Um, you know, so what we're saying is there's some parties we're crashing, there's some events we're adding value to, and there's some events that we're creating just around the stops. So it, it, it is a year-long tour. Uh, we'll be taking a break in December and, and, and most of January, and then it'd be on the road again. So we've only got three major stops left this year. Um, but there are also some mini stops. I mean, for example, when the vehicle left uh, Houston after the July 25th um, kickoff this year, it went up through um, Des Moines, Iowa. Well, we all know what senators from Iowa, right? Yep. So Tom Olin called the right. Senator Harkin's office. He said, Hey, I'm in town. I'll meet you downtown. And he went down there and 
did some photo ops and reminisced and talked about the work that still needs to be done. So in addition to those major stops, there's some opportunities, you know, to stop. It stopped in Allentown, you know, PA on its way to, to Millersville. Um, so there are, there are many opportunities, and you can go to the website and see the existing route. You can contact me if you're interested in, in supporting some of the existing routes or if you're interested in other routes. But it's a year-long tour, and it's a lot of miles, and it's a lot of hard work. And remember, they, you know, Tom Olin and his step, they need to eat food. So, like, you know, donations really help. Okay, now, you well, want you, to know more information. ADALegacy.org, is it org or com? Uh, you can do any of them. We own them all, but .com. ADALegacy.com. ADALegacy.com. Go there, and you can follow up on all of this, and that brings me to the $25 uh, and the T-shirt. So can you talk about that, Mark? Well, you're probably wearing yours now. I love my shirt. <laughs> Just so you know, I'm really styling with that shirt. So if you want to keep up with Joyce Bender, you need these shirts. Because I'm going to start having people take photographs of me at different locations with that shirt on. So everyone listening, come so, on. you got to yeah, keep up with me. So Go ahead like, and talk where's, about Where's Waldo? Yeah. But it's going to be, where's Joyce with her 8825 shirt? That's right. Well, That's well, right. That's what it's going to be. And I'm not kidding. You're going to be seeing it on the social media. Hey. So come on. I'm going to. Oh, this is like the ice bucket challenge. That's right. Yes. No, well, oh. I, that, it's, it's so funny you said that. What happened when the tour left, um, 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 excuse me, Milwaukee, okay, to go to Boston? Well, it stopped off in Toledo. And the Independent Living Center there filled it up with gas. So the Independent Living Center in Toledo challenged other independent living centers and display groups that when the bus came through their town to fill it up. So Boston filled it up. And now I think on the website, you can go to the website, and there's five or six independent living centers that have already provided gas for the RV. So this is very grassroots. This isn't like... 2000. In 2000, a lot of people remember that Volkswagen of America provided over a half a million dollars vehicles and some media support for the um, Spirit of ADA torch relay. You know, 24 cities, two months, major events, stopped off in, in all those cities, you know, did an event with the Clintons at the uh, FDR Memorial, you know, wound up at the, at the United Nations. Well, a lot of those stops are going to be some of the same stops. And a lot of that approach that we used back then is going to be used again. But right now, this is very grassroots, um, you know, as far as the support we're getting. And so there is a challenge out there to fill the tank. Um, the other challenge, as you've already taken it, you know, is to wear your shirt. Um, Dan Wilkins, um, some of you might remember Danny, had a website called The Nth Degree. And it was a, it's a silk screening thing, and he sold a lot of what you might refer to as disability pride products. And and Dan uh, designed uh, the logo. So we have this national logo now with a national slogan that's on a shirt, and you can order it on the Nth Degree website. In fact, if you go to ADALegacy.com, 
right on the front page, right in the middle of the page, is is the image of the shirt that you can click on, and then there's a description of the shirt for people with a visual impairment so they know what's on the shirt. Uh, but there's very much a challenge now for communities, you know, to grab that shirt now and wear it all year long. In fact, there's some great images of the students at Millersville University last week wearing the shirt. Um, the professor there bought 100 for his students, and, the, and the, they're all in these shirts wrapped around the bus. In fact, one of them's on top of the bus with his shirt holding, you know, the, the infamous, you know, American flag that has the international symbol of access on it. So um, there is a real opportunity to support, you know, the tour, you know, at a very grassroots level by just buying a shirt. Okay. I'm going to challenge you. I want to see who can get the most shirts. I want to see that picture on Facebook. I want to see you on Twitter. I want to see you with that shirt. And I'm telling you, whoever does this the most, Joyce Bender will be taking you out to dinner in D.C. So I want to see those shirts. I want to see them. But you've got to send me the picture. It doesn't count. You've got to send me the picture wearing it. And I have them. I love them. So in addition to that, Mark, what else can people do to support this project right now? Well, I think doing what you're doing, just first of all, promoting that it exists. Um, I know one thing. um, I was on a um, call yesterday. Well, actually, two calls yesterday. One is... um, there's a publication called Directions, and Directions uh, publication that's done for um, what you might call the complex rehab community, meaning all of us might be familiar with wheelchairs, but some of those wheelchairs are very customized. And there's an entire you know, group of manufacturers and vendors that, that make it possible you know, for you to, to get the, the, the piece of rehab equipment that you need or the complex rehab equipment you need. And they're going to be covering the ADA 25 over the next year in their publication. And when I was being interviewed, really one of the best things to do is go to the website and and spend time on the website. You mean you can spend five minutes there just glancing at it, or you can spend hours understanding some of the things that I've already talked about and all the other things that are going on. Um, and so I really encourage people just to become more aware. I mean, that's the first thing. Um, I think the second thing is you've already kind of hit on it with some of the, your your challenge for people to, to tweet this, to, to, to post it on their Facebook pages. But, you know, get the word out. So become more aware of it, get the word out of it. And then, uh, you know, it's important to, to, to the extent you can to financially support it. I mean, there's another opportunity there if you, is, is you can become an actual ADA 25 or project network member and and if you can only send one dollar send one dollar because what we do is put your name on the board it's there on the website the the state you're from is on the website because one of the things sponsors also want to know is who's supporting this you know not Mm -hmm. only who's who's leading it and who's Mm -hmm. involved in it but who's supporting it Mm -hmm. and so your one dollar donation will get you put up on that website from the state you're from showing that that not only do you know about it and spreading the word about it, but you actually financially support it. 
That's right, and it does count, and it makes a difference. And Mark's right, by the way, about people saying, well, who else supports this? And, and there are businesses that listen to the show, uh, Mark, and that listen to in the evening the show because it is archived on my site in Voice America. So if a business wants to be a sponsor, what should they do? Um, well, one is they can obviously on the website there's – on the right-hand top corner, I'll just describe it. It says donate. And there's a list of the different levels. There's obviously a list of benefits to the sponsors. Um, there's a contact person. Her name's Rita Young, and I know you've talked to her some. In fact, I think you even got a, might even have another meeting scheduled with her. But Rita is kind of our lead person working with our partners and with our sponsors to, to work out a mutually beneficial um, um, partnership and so the, the levels of sponsorship are there the the benefits to sponsorship are there um, literally you can actually see uh, a running banner across the page that has some of our platinum sponsors already up there um, so the starting point is is that website and 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 that information is there and if you want Rita or myself to directly contact you our information's on there Okay, adalegacy.com. So, Mark, this is a big celebration. But for all of us in the disability community, why is that so important to us, not just to outside people? You know, I, I, I think, you know, for me it's important. I mean, maybe I'm nostalgic now or something. <laughs> but, but, you know, I think it's important. You know, it's really hard to decide where to go if you don't know where you've been. Um, and and I was never a big fan uh, that much of history in the past, um, but I began to understand how valuable it really is. I mean, we don't want to go back to those times. And and I think about some of the folks I meet now that realize that that you know they take for granted that that public transit was always accessible, um, and and the, for them to understand that it wasn't and that it was a struggle, that it was a fight. And that it's going to be a fight to to finish the rest of our work. I mean, there's a there's a college student um, who got his rehab here at Shepherd Center. Um, he's a junior at Duke University, and, and I had a conversation with him in the last several months, where the conversation was about I'm glad I have access to this university. I'm glad they have uh, they provide reasonable accommodations. I'm glad they have a disability student services program you know, to, to, to facilitate the support I need. I'm glad I can go watch a football game. I'm glad I can do all that stuff from a physical access standpoint. But he still doesn't feel like he's totally part of, of the student experience. So him and Duke University are sponsoring a national conference in October to have that conversation. So when you say why is it important, I think it's important not just to acknowledge the, the past and the present, but to have these conversations that are going to make it possible for that next generation to experience the next level of access and, 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 and community life. Yeah, I agree with you. And I also agree with you that we need more young people with disabilities to step up because we cannot be ever saying the same names for our leadership. Well, in fact, what I hope next, you know, if, 
if we end up having the major event on the 27th, which which I think people want to make happen, that that in some ways we're in the crowd cheering them on. Yeah. You know, we're meeting them after they say what they say on that top stage and saying, tell me what kind of support you need. Um, because, you know, we kind of also need to get out of the way. You know, I mean, it, it's hard for us because, you know, we're so passionate about it and it's become part of our lifestyle to kind of just step out of the way a little bit. Not, I don't mean disappear, you know what I mean? But step up and say, okay, you get on the top of the stage now. You say what needs to be say, and you tell me what kind of support you need. Yeah, like Justin and Yoshiko. Right. You know, they've never gone away, and they will always be supportive, because even though Justin is no longer with us, I always say, but his spirit is with us. And what did they push the most? Young people young people with disabilities to move forward into leadership roles. And that is so important. It isn't that they went away because now they became like the professor. They are the person with the experience that can teach you the history. But we do need to make that happen because on one of the radio shows, um, someone called in and it was a very well-known disability leader and the caller said, um, I want to ask you this question. Do you feel there are other disability leaders other than the well-known Tony, Pat Wright, Andy, Mark Johnson? They go through this whole list, um, and the answer was no. They are the leaders. No, we do not know of other leaders, and we can't have that answer. Oh, we, no. we cannot. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, Sarah Torino out there in California and Christina Mills out in California and even you know, um, Becca Coakley. I mean, you, there was a long list of young people. A.J. French up in Illinois, who's now become part of the uh, the Legacy Project Council, young woman um, who's who's doing some great work in the mental health community. They're, they're there. We just got to take the time to look for them, um, or we need to take, you know, take the time to listen to them. And that's why I think our, our challenge over the next year is, is we have many of them. You know, one is we, we've got to, you know, acknowledge that the, the work's not done, and we also have to support the folks who are going to, you know, um, move the work forward. And and I think we have that opportunity. I mean, I know there are, you know, I, I think we were purposely, when when the tour left Sacramento, and what I mean is kind of a pre-event, I know the folks, the, some of the youth groups out there in California um, soon as the vehicle got out of the uh, storage, um, they 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 joined it at the Capitol, and they had some conversations with people like Tom and whatnot about the past. And then they rapidly moved up to the president, and they there's this great picture of them like pushing the vehicle forward to get it started, <laughs> you know. And then recently, last week when it was at Millersville University, those were college age students that were. Some of them, for the first time, learning about the movement. Um, they're the ones that are going to move it forward. Um, they're the ones that, yeah, they may have taken some of this history for granted, and they may have taken some of the, you know, they may not know the leaders, but the fact is they understand there's still a lot that needs to be done. And and they also understand they need to have a role in that. And it's the same transition I made, you know. Was, yes, you know, I became disabled at age 19, almost age 20, um, but at some point I had to go, you know, it's only going to move forward if I get involved. It's back to the, what you said, you know, 
you know, we are the experts and we can move this forward. And there's just, there's a lot of young folks out there that are involved. Um, now it's about getting more organized. I was in, I was in Arkansas last week with ADAPT. And, you know, it was two years in the making that we went there. Um, and the young folks there were dynamic. Um, they were just dynamic. You know, and they also have these other tools. You know, I'm one of those guys that used to pick up the phone to mobilize people and have 10 people call 10 people. You know, I'm going up to them and I'm saying, well, do you have a card? And they're saying, well, no, I'll just take an email on my smartphone. I mean, you know, I have to get used to that. Uh, but the reality is those are tools for, for organizing and mobilizing for the for the post-anniversary agenda. And, you know, Senator Harkin laid out some of that agenda last year in his report uh, the National Council on Disabilities laid out some of that agenda. You know, um, um, the 6 by 15 has laid out some of that agenda. The, the National Disability Leadership Alliance has laid out an agenda. But it's so at the same time that we can thank those politicians in the past or we can paint, you know, thank the ones that are present, we also have to challenge them. Uh, that, that, you know, we don't want to see any more erosion of services at the state level. We want to see a removal of institutional bias. We want to see people have real jobs at real wages. We need to do away with the sub-minimum wage. I mean, there are a lot of things that need to be done, and I think there are young folks that are beginning to engage and calling for that to be done. And as you can see, you still have a lot to do. Do you see all the things Mark mentioned on this show? Employment. Um, transition from nursing homes to the community, uh, preventing erosion of Medicaid, you know, and other benefits that we have, CRPD. Uh, I mean, I could go on forever, but we still have a lot to do, which means we need you. You know, we need you. We can't do it alone. We need you. And you know what? If you're listening to the show and you do not have a disability, we'll take you also. Because, you know, I mean, we, you can support us, for example, by making a donation right now to ADALegacy.com. We are the experts that Mark said. That's why we can't have an organization uh, where everyone does not have a disability telling people with disabilities how to run their life. You know, we are the experts, we in our own disability. I assure you, no one knows what a seizure is like as well as I do unless they, too, have seizures. So, you know, we got to get on board, adalegacy.com. Go make a donation, buy a shirt, and mark so far with this project, what are you the proudest of so far? Well, go back one more to-do for you, Crown. There is on the website a toolkit uh, that's being created by the National ADA Network. And that toolkit provides some tools for you to plan your own event in your own community. There's no need to reinvent the wheel here. We have a logo. We have a slogan. Um, as you mentioned, we have a T-shirt, you know, that we can do a little customizing for your own community. Um, there are those things there that will allow you. We don't need to be doing this from Atlanta. We don't need to do it from D.C. You can be doing it from your own community with the toolkit. But what, what I would tell people is, you know, that you've said, you know, you said, what, what would I tell people? Or what, what do I... What, would you, what, what are you the proudest of so no, far? Proud, you know, I, I think, you know, I made, you know, a conscious decision 43 years ago to make, you know, advocacy 
a lifestyle. I mean, I can turn it up and I can turn it down. I just can't turn it off. And so I think, you know, I think my proudest accomplishment is that I've still been able to maintain some balance in my life. I'm married. Uh, we have a 30-year-old daughter who got married last year, um, who's who's a first-grade school teacher that I'm very proud of. Um, you know, her the classes that she teaches uh, embrace inclusion, so she has kids with and without disabilities in her classroom. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I I think my proudest accomplishment is that even with this being my lifestyle that I've been able to maintain some balance in my life. Um, and, and I think that's something that we all strike uh, to have. Um, you know, faith is important to me. Um, it's something that starts me every morning and every night. Um, um, and so I just think the fact that I've been able to maintain some kind of balance um, is, is what I would say is, is my accomplishment. Well, that's a big one. So, Mark, first of all, thank you for being with us. Listen, people listen to this show. You're going to be hearing me talk about this nonstop, every show. You're going to hear me have other people on the show talking about this. You know, ADALegacy.com, buy that T-shirt. I want to see your picture with the T-shirt. Buy the T-shirt. And, Mark, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Um, You know, you don't have to know everything. Um, and just take some time to learn and take some time to share. And, and even if you make mistakes, it's okay because um, none of us is perfect, but it's the only way you learn is by trying. That is so true. Well, we, went, we end every show with a quote from someone that has changed the lives of others. And today, who else could it be? Lead on, lead on, no matter what, said Justin Dart. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters, at voiceamerica.com. Go buy that shirt and talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.